0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Wednesday, it's off-season episode number 113, although it's hard to continue to describe this as the off-season because we are in true countdown mode now, 34 days, under five weeks, From the start of the NBA season. Five weeks from today will be our first big Wednesday of the year. I actually can't remember exactly how many games are on that day. I guess we can check. What's stopping us? Nothing at all. Nothing but our own limitations. I'm not going to do that right now. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. I would strongly recommend finding me on social media. Love to hang out with you guys over there. I actually did a little... Uh, Q&A while sitting in an Enterprise Rent-A-Car parking lot yesterday on social. So if you had questions, that would have been an opportunity to do it. I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We're also recruiting at Sports Ethos. We have listener leagues open at Sports Ethos. What am I forgetting? Oh, we got football stuff at Sports Ethos. We got the draft guide available at Sports Ethos. It's a very busy time. And to that end, we're about to have a pretty busy couple of days because Yahoo has officially put out projections now on their players that do not necessarily run in conjunction with their preseason rank board. I want to dive right into the projections, but I can't because there's a rant that needs to happen. You remember... uh, those of you that listened last off or uh, last season, first of all, big thank you to everybody that's tuning in this off season. September looks to be well on its way to the biggest September in show history, so I, I'm very grateful of that. And welcome to anybody that happens to be a newer listener, because I can see a lot of you are coming back right now. I don't know if that means some of you might be tuning in for the first time. So to those that have listened in the past, you might recall back in December. January, February this last year, I started to do a thing at the beginning of the show where I actually started the podcast by just yelling, let me talk to you for a minute about, and then like a four or five minute rant. And many of you thought that was quite funny, but there's only so many times you can do that because there's only so many things you can rant about without sounding like a, you know, grumpy old yell at the clouds kind of sort. But I have a rant today, so let me talk to you for a minute about Yahoo's rank board. Those of you that use Yahoo, and you know what? Honestly, like, every site has their issues. ESPN's rankings are insane. They're built almost entirely on a points league engine. Then they threw some category leagues rankings together that are not at all well thought through. Yahoo uses projections that... I know for a while they were pulling some of that information from NBC Sports Edge. I think they have their own guys doing it now. Uh, I'm not sure precisely where it comes from this rant isn't actually about the projections and it's not about the necessarily the preseason rank board it's about the combination of the two which is the most harebrained nonsensical thing that i could possibly think of because what you have now if you have a preseason rank board which yahoo put out end of July, beginning of August this year. They, they got that numerical list out pretty early, by all accounts. And that was great. We got to break it down. It gave us some good stuff on the podcast to talk about. It kind of set the table to watch where guys were going to move. It gave us a nice indicator of where ADPs might land in the early going of kind of season ramp-up time. And then they shifted the preseason rank board, which... Fine, we all make adjustments to our boards. And then they shifted it again, a big one. Fine, whatever, make your adjustments. I'm okay with that. If you got to do it, you got to do it. You reflect what's going on in the real world. Your rankings switch. It helps teams that are auto-drafting. But then, more recently, you're able to go into Yahoo's engine and change the drop-down menu from current stats to Projected stats, which today, Wednesday, September the fourteenth, projection stats projected should be the entirety of the regular season, which, call me crazy, should be the same as your preseason rank board. It's still the preseason right now. If you go to Yahoo, and you change that drop-down to remaining games, and then in parentheses it says Proj, which, so much fun to say, but also short for projections, or projected, or whatever tense you want to put that through, that changes the current column, but does not change the preseason rank column. So Yahoo's own internal body of actual analysts put together projections, which are going to be based on totals because you have to incorporate how many games played guys are going to have. And they put all that information into the system minus some very obvious things like, oh, uh, you know, the rookies don't have projections. Oops. But that's a different rant altogether. Like, you know, Paolo Banquero has zeros. He has no projected stats this coming year. So his projected rank is 467. And presumably they'll get that loaded in here in I don't know exactly how long because they just now loaded in all the existing players. It was like this stuff has just been sitting somewhere for a while and then they dropped it in and they were like, oh, I guess we better do the guys that got drafted also. But again, that's a different rant. This rant is why, I know the answer, but why do we even have to look at both of these? Once Yahoo puts out their projections that should be the rank board that their system is using instead it's still in your draft room we've been doing these mock drafts so we're seeing it up close and personal the draft room defaults to the pre-season rank board which is a mishmash a total mishmash of of crap that all rolls together into this one giant katamari ball of data and guessing and different formats of leagues and points and categories and eight and nine cat. And the preseason rank board, which we all know is always harebrained and crazy, should be retired once the projected board comes out. But it isn't. So ADPs don't actually reflect the what Yahoo actually thinks is going to happen. They continue to reflect this Weird list, and perhaps perhaps what we're about to see is a preseason board. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. But so far, we haven't really seen that. And we're going to get into some of that today, rant over, because I want to look at the projections now for these players and give you an idea of where Yahoo thinks they're going to be. Mind you, it's not the same as the preseason rank board, and a lot of that has to do with games played, perhaps more than anything else. So let's start at the top today. We are looking at the Yahoo projections for their nine category leagues. Obviously Nikola Jokic is number 1. This is not this is not disputed. Joel Embiid is number 2 on the projection side. Carl Anthony Towns is number 3 on the projection side. They've got him playing 76 games to Embiid's 68, which seems somewhat reasonable, but uh Despite the downtick in Cat's sort of big man counting stati- stats, if you want to call it that, because like last year he had about, about 10 rebounds a game and a little over one block per ball game, and this year they've got Cat still over a little block per game. They also have him at one steal. Uh, they have adjusted his rebounds down to closer to eight and a half, but otherwise they haven't made almost any other adjustments. But I would note that it's a little bit weird that that keeps him in the in the three slot despite the downtick and rebounding because that's you know a lot of his value is tied up in that but whatever. Uh, James Harden is number four. They've got him playing 75 games this year and really just kind of going buck wild. 20 plus points per game uh, We have to do math on the fly with this stuff. Uh, about ten assists per ball game. Similar stuff, actually, to what you saw uh, during his time post trade last season, but also a little uptick on that front. Uh, you know, Harden stuff down the stretch. He was at twenty points, ten assists, one point three steals. He didn't shoot the ball well at all. Seven rebounds, two threes per game. So they actually have him ticking up from that, which. I still think is reasonable. He was one of those guys that I thought would be slightly underdrafted, but then Harden almost never gets underdrafted. He keeps moving up the board. And I think you can kind of see why. Because they really haven't brought any of the counting stuff down. They've added additional three pointers and improved on his field goal percent. Steph Curry's number five. Lamello Ball is number six because they haven't playing 78 ball games. Tatum, number seven, because he's playing 77 games. Tyrese Halliburton is number eight because they have him playing 78 ballgames this year, which, by the way, feels a little bit far-fetched for a team that's likely to be attempting to lose ballgames. Giannis is number 9. Bam Adebayo is number 10 on the Yahoo Projections board. That's pretty surprising, but again, you can tie a lot of that into durability. Not my favorite thing there. Time Lord, number 11, which doesn't even come close to where they've got him on the preseason rank board at 36. And Anthony Edwards is number 12. They have him playing in 78 ball games this coming year. So one thing you notice very quickly about all of this stuff. By the way, Anthony Edwards played in 72 games last season. He was number 30. So it, it's it's going to take another pretty good size leap there. But one thing you'll notice here is that this list is it removes some of the uh bigger injury risks, not all of them. Kevin Durant is all the way down at number 13. He's the next name we're going to say here. They've got Luca outside the top 10, very reasonable. Dame is all the way down at 19, although they do have him playing 72 games. Trey Young, they have all the way down at number 20, which actually I think is probably too low on Trey. But what you can see here on this Yahoo projections board is that this is now actually based on the numbers they've put into the system. And you'll have to do a little bit of math to get there because uh, they're not, they have not revealed the per game. You can do it, you can do it yourself. You, you know, you divide however many games they have them playing in the projections by how many totals they've racked up. But now you understand how these players got to where they are. You know, Halliburton being in that first round, Adebayo being in the first round, which again, is not one I I fully agree with, and Anthony Edwards up there. But let's go a little bit farther. I want to do the top 25 here and just kind of, circle back to how we got to some of these results. Because this is actually really interesting. Kevin Durant is number 13. They've got him playing 65 games, which... Well, Kevin Durant beats number 13 with his eyes closed. He was number 12 last year in 55 games. You think in extra 10 ball games he drops a spot? I don't. Interesting how the preseason rank board has him so much higher than their projections board. Luca at 14. Not that he's ever going to fall that far. Desmond Bain is number 15 this year. 78 games being a big reason why. Devin Booker at number 16. That's fine. Rudy Gobert at number 17. Feels perhaps a bit on the high side. DeJounte Murray at 18. All the numbers are starting to agree on DeJounte Murray, and that's that he should probably be going somewhere near the mid to back end of the second round. Dame is number 19. I think that's too low on Dame. Trey Young at number 20 is too low. Vooch at 21. Much more reasonable place for him. Mikhail Bridges at 22. They've got him playing in all 82 games again. Anthony Davis all the way down at 23 in 60 ball games. Paul George at 24 in 69 games. Freddie Van Fleet number 25 in 68 ball games. So the issue I take with some of this stuff is that Freddie Van Fleet last year was number 22 in 65 games. So if they really think he's going to play more, it's hard for me to agree that he moves down 3 slots because he's still kind of the leader on that club. But a couple of the nice things about this is, you know, you might have recognized a couple of names you didn't hear in there. Kawhi Leonard didn't pop up in that top 25, Jimmy Butler didn't pop up, LeBron didn't pop up in the top 25 of their projections, Chris Paul And then guys like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, their adjustments have already been made, both being on Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell's number 35, Darius Garland's number 37. But I don't want to get all the way down to those guys because I do think that this is probably a two-topic discussion. For one, topic number one here is do we agree with Yahoo's projections? And topic number two is Does it even matter? So to answer the question of whether or not we agree on the Yahoo projections, well, that's probably the easier of the two. Because individually, on each of these players, we can kind of just say yes or no, and we sort of just did that two minutes back, going through the names kind of quickly. Who are the guys that stand out as perhaps players that Yahoo has over-projected or under-projected? Well, we already mentioned that. Seems like Freddie Van Vliet down at 25 is a bit on the low side. Dame at 20, or sorry, Dame at 19. Trey Young at 20, those are a bit on the low side. Kevin Durant at 13 is on the low side. On the high side, you might argue Lamelo being in front of Tatum, Halliburton, Giannis, guys like that. Maybe that's a little on the high side, although he was up there last year, so debatable. Bam Adebayo at 10, bit on the high side. Anthony Edwards at 12, Desmond Bain at 15. Nothing else completely out of left field. So the short answer, I suppose, to do we agree with the rankings is kind of, which is probably the way you're going to feel about almost anybody's rank board. Um, You're going to get general ideas right, and then you start to think about this more from a bucket standpoint. Also, as you look at some of these things and say, oh, like Desmond Bain at number 15 here, If that's really where you feel he ends up this season, then you probably start to grade out how far back you can take him, which steers the discussion back to the pre-rank board or pre-season rank board for Yahoo and also ADP information. The second question, which is, does this matter, is more complicated Because on its face, it should. But in reality, I'm not sure that it actually does matter unless you put a ton of stock in what the Yahoo analysts have come up with. I think we all have the folks that we turn to for our fantasy rank board. I'm not going to tell you how you should or shouldn't handle that stuff. In my personal experience, it's good to have one or two people that you trust or sites that you trust. And if you go beyond that, you start to get, the hair gets a little tangled. Too many cooks in the kitchen, whatever metaphor you want to throw in there. This happens to me annually, and I can't avoid it. And I don't want to complain because it's as a result of probably the most fun couple of weeks we do on this podcast every year, which is run a slow mock, which, by the way, that'll be coming up here in the very near future, and then talk to pretty much every analyst in the slow mock about how their teams look and whether they have some guys towards the end of the draft that they're targeting. We've done this every year for a couple of seasons now, and it's a blast. We get it. We get you know, a dozen opinions on every player in the NBA, pretty much. And we get a dozen or more sleeper picks. And at the end of it, I'm looking back at my board and going, whoa, like I got all these names banging around in my head. And try as I might, I know the first thing that you're thinking there is, first off, Dan, like, your whining, you get to host a fantasy basketball show. I'm not whining, or, you know, I know my voice sounds like my cross to bear, If I get excited about something, it kind of sounds a little bit like I'm whining. I'm not whining about it. It's a blast. Love all those guys. We have a a ton of fun. And I'm very grateful that they do it and come on the podcast. And I hope it's fun for them as well. What I am saying is that I'm only human. So every year I go into this and I'm like, I am not going to let this stuff creep into my head. But these are smart dudes. And so by the end of the 5th, 6th, one. I'm looking back and I'm going, man, a lot. Like, do they see something I'm not seeing? And I'm never going to do the Jim Gray crap on the podcast where it's like, no, you're wrong. I'm going to call you out on it. No, we're just having a good time. I want to make sure they get their opinions out there. And then, you know, I might play a little devil's advocate from time to time. But for the most part, we're just throwing information out and people can kind of grab it as they see fit. My brain eventually loses that that siege It's besieged by information that I was hoping to keep out. And then some of it sneaks in. And then every year I end up doing one or two things that I didn't mean to do. And then I look back two months later and I'm like, damn it, that guy was not on my list. How the hell did he end up on these teams? And it's because of that stuff. And, you know, this happens internally as well. I'm not trying to say that like other analysts are. this happens with other folks at Sports Ethos. Because we all have our boards. We all have our opinions, and we all get a lot of stuff right, and we all get a few things wrong. So what you need to do, I believe, is try to limit the number of cooks in your brain kitchen. One, two analysts that you really trust, whether it's me, I don't care. Maybe you're listening to this podcast just to make sure you don't miss anything over the course of a day, but you don't like my list. Cool. That's fine. I don't listen to the show however you like. I'm hoping that you're getting better at fantasy by listening to it. Whatever one, two lists that you go on, meld those, use them however works for you, and then draft your teams accordingly and try not to look back with regret. But I personally, and more power to you, if your brain can handle four or five different lists or a dozen different opinions, mine can't, that gets me all twisted. So I take that discussion and I roll it up into a ball. And I remind you guys to please do get our draft guide over at Sports Ethos. I hope that we are one of the places that you trust. The Brewski 150 for Ethos 360 subscribers only is being released 20 days before the start of the NBA season. So I believe that is two weeks from now. Yeah. And then it's another 10 days before it goes in the Fantasy Pass. So if you want the earliest access to the Brewski 150, go to sportsethos.com, click on the Get Premium button or the giant advertisement over on the right, choose the Ethos 360 subscription, which, by the way, not only gets you the early B-150, but earliest, I should say, earliest Brewski 150 also gets you access to our DFS package and our wagering package. That's the big gun. That's everything all rolled up into one. If you can wait until September, or er, October is the month after this one. Until you, If you can wait until October the 8th, that's when the Brewski 150 gets inserted into the Fantasy Pass, which is certainly for those that are just doing full season fantasy and can wait the extra 10 days. That's the most cost effective option. Uh, that one's five ninety-nine a month. You can get it in the same place. Just go there, check it out. This again, help power the locomotive. Let's keep us uh, rolling and growing for another year. But I want to roll, rolling and growing. Speaking of rolling and growing, I want to roll all of these thoughts on how many cooks you can have in the kitchen back into what we were talking about on the, the Yahoo projections board, which is to say, maybe it doesn't matter at all. Maybe this is just not a projections board that you want to agree with. I think at the very least, it's worth a cursory glance to see where they have certain players, not because you need to change your strategy. Because remember, when you're in that draft room, the preseason or X rank, whatever, they call it different things depending on what room you're in, the X rank is the order that these guys are set up. And yes, you might have other people in your league that have their own list in front of them that don't look at that X rank at all. And yes, you might have people in your league that click to sort by ADP or sort by Yahoo's projections. But the plurality of teams in your draft room are just going to leave it the way it looked when they got in there. And they'll scroll down the board to find players if they have to. The plurality. I don't know if there's a majority. It probably is. But certainly the most, the greatest number of fantasy managers just leave the draft room the way they found it. So ultimately, the X rank, the preseason rank, is going to still be the thing that drives ADP and our strategy when we're figuring out what order we need to take our guys in. But when you look at this Yahoo board and you start to see some of the things that they have going... It should, at the very minimum, make you pause and take stock of some of your own notes. The biggest risers they had in that first round were Mikael Bridges, 82 games. Desmond Bain, 78 games. Time Lord, only 68 games. So they have their own preseason rank way off the mark with that one. Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, other guys, basically all playing 78 games. Which, again, brings us all the way back to one main point, which has its own little tendrils coming off of it. But the main point is those early and mid-rounders that can get to 90% of their team's games or higher get a crazy bump in value overall. It's very hard to handicap games played. There's no question about it. If we look back at last year, Bam Adebayo was supposed to be the safe guy in games played, and then he blew out his, his arm, and he missed a month, two months of the season, played 56 games. But, on the whole... It's an odds game. Cat, on the whole, when his team is trying, when he feels like he has something to play for, he tends to play in a decent number of ballgames. Jason Tatum, Trey Young. Sure, they all have seasons where things go awry. Cat had a a blow-it-up year. Dame just had a blow-it-up year. But the odds do tell a story. Miles Turner tends to miss a ton of games. Paul George tends to miss a ton of games. It's not perfect, but it is more accurate than closing our eyes to this topic. The guys that are typically healthy generally play more games than the guys that aren't on a year-to-year basis. You can always find examples of the opposite. But you have to handicap games played in some fashion, even if you don't put all of your eggs in that basket, because... You know that's that's the type of bam at a bio pick that blows up in your face. Blow up in my face. Cuz I liked him last year as I thought oh the second round has a lot of really risky guys maybe you go bam here you take a guy who probably doesn't get there on a per game basis but probably does by totals. That's a that's a situation where the floor can come out really quickly. You give yourself almost no wiggle room if that guy doesn't stay healthy Not only does he miss his per-game mark, but he misses his totals mark by even more. So you don't want to put all of your eggs in the game's played basket. But, as an example, using this Yahoo board right now, like, a decent name to bring up would be Kevin Durant, who they have playing 65 games and still landing at number 13. But you know he's going to get beyond that on a per-game basis. So yeah, maybe he does miss some ball games, but the floor is much higher because his per game mark is so much also higher. But I'm kind of getting caught in a, in a, a tangential thought. The one I really wanted to, to sort of pound my knuckles on here is you'll notice that almost everybody in the Yahoo Projections board that's clubbing their own preseason rank board is doing so because they're playing 90 percent of their team's games or better. Mikael Bridges, 100% is their projection. Trey Young, who's the only one who's lower. That one I can't fully figure out. Desmond Bain, 95% of his team's games. Anthony Edwards, 95%. Bam Adebayo, more like 92%. Halliburton, 95%. Tatum, 93.5%. Lamello, 95 Cat, Harden, those guys are also over 90%, 91, 92, 93% of their team's games. How do these players get higher on the projections board? That's the answer. It also helps that these types of things do get a bit weighted by head-to-head folks who really can't afford to have guys that are missing a ton of ball games cuz you can't make it up later. In roto you can go and cover it up. You get somebody misses a game, you can fill in that spot with the games played. But I don't want to start a brand new topic here. We're already 30 minutes deep on the show. Um, So I just kind of want to finish up what we're getting at to this point, which is if you're surprised by some of these projections, it's pretty easy to figure out why. If you're surprised by ones like Dame being as low as he is and Trey Young being as low as he is on this board, that's a spot where you can actually choose do I want to read more into what this number is trying to tell me? Or do I want to throw it out and just say I respectfully disagree? Like with Dame, they've got him playing in 72 ball games, which is actually a, a pretty goodly number. That grades him out to about twenty seven points per game. Which I mean, look, that's like that's no small feat. Dame the previous year was at 29, seven and a half assists, about a steal per ball game. So what, what is it this year they have him moving down the board on? His free throws, it was 93% his last full season. For some reason, they had him graded out at 89. Three-pointers are still up there, like around four per ball game. Assists are still in the... Like seven range, they've adjusted him down to more like a half a steal per game, close to three turnovers. This is all relatively close to where he was, down like a point and a half, and otherwise, you know, from point nine steals to like point five, point six. It's not entirely clear, but the big drop off is that they see coming here. Seventy two games should get him there. So this is one where I look at him like, look, I don't think that I fully agree with this, Trey Young. I'm not sure that I fully agree with this. They've got him playing, you know, scoring in the mid to high 20s. Maybe he doesn't get to where he was this last season where Trey was at 28.5 points, 9.7 assists this last year. They got him playing 75 games again. So what is it? What's the reason for this? The reason is that they just had other guys they wanted to slot in front, and they got pushed down as a result. So Anthony Edwards playing 78 games? That was enough to push these dudes down. Bam Adebayo, playing enough games to push them down. Desmond Bain, enough games to push them down. I don't know what Rudy Gobert is doing in front of those dudes, but, you know, same general story. So there's always a lesson to take away from these boards, and what we're going to do on tomorrow's show is we're going to look through the rest of Yahoo's projections at some of the guys that you might consider their sleepers, and we'll see if we agree or disagree with those. I like getting into some of the strategy stuff at this point, though. But again, at the end of it all, I will remind you, these do not change your draft day strategy other than trying to figure out if Yahoo either sees something we don't or the other way around. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Go get yourself a draft guide at Sports Ethos. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Vesperus. I hope to talk to you over there. Back at you first thing tomorrow morning. So long, everybody.